everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Way of the Fist. I am Michael Hagen, your co-host, and as always, I am joined by our other co-host, Jonathan CV. Jonathan, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, what's going on, bro? How's everything Justin, going? It's going well. It's going well. Winter has uh, finally arrived here, and uh, everybody's starting to get catch colds and stuff, so that's always fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's the best. I love it. The temperatures are dropping here, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's my favorite weather. Wearing a hoodie on top, but shorts on the bottom. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's like business up front, party in the back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Bro, I don't know if you saw it, but check out this sweet shirt I'm wearing. That is a pretty sweet shirt. Yeah. Limited, I, I really limited like edition that. run. I think uh I think the next order one though, I need to get a large. It's uh it's getting a little little snug around the chest parts. Oh, is it? Is it? We're yeah, gonna we're gonna a, move little, up from girl size? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Gonna have to finally finally wearing like a a real boys t-shirt. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a good thing I only ordered one then. That's right. It's a pretty cool shirt though. I do like it. I really like it. You know, speaking of that too, I, you know, the last time we chatted, we had a really cool conversation about like things that we will be offering like our audience. And man, I've like I've just been thinking a lot about it lately, and every other martial arts podcast out there you need to take this as like a like an incoming threat because nobody's going to want to drink out of your lame coffee mugs or wear your stupid t-shirts we have some really cool stuff coming up (laughs) (laughs) wow let's just throw a gauntlet on the floor (laughs) if we can make it work let me let me just caveat if is if, if we can make it work we've got some really cool stuff coming up yeah yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. You know, it, it, it's going to take us to the better part of into next year to get yeah. everything sorted. But uh, some of the stuff that we've talked about, uh, I'm pretty excited. Though I will yeah. say, you know, everybody, we, we did talk about the Tenugui, but last night Nicole said that we should get headbands, like, you know, Cobra Kai style headbands. Cobra Kai style <laughs> headbands. Ooh. So I was like, well. I don't know. You can wrap you could wrap a tenugui around your head. I mean, you do in kendo and and, and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, actually, some of my uh, some of my students have been wrapping their uh, tenugui around their head too. And um, I, I think that I've got at least two that would wear a headband. The other ones would be like, yeah, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was like, uh, I like where you're thinking there, but yeah. uh, uh, that's going to be a negative Ghost Rider. Yeah, it'd be cool for like to wear one time and that's it (laughs) one time so but yeah i I am looking forward to the other stuff which we will keep as a a little bit of a surprise yeah um so but in other news what i've got going on is uh in january um i will be uh heading back to the states very briefly before joining ismail in athens and paris we're going to be nice. traveling for uh, Series A in Athens and then the Paris Open um, in back-to-back weekends. So That'll be that, a really good trip. That'll be, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, very expensive, but I think, it'll be, I think it'll be a good change of pace um, and get his, his year off to a good start. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and, start oh, to a year, and, honestly. And Alex is going to come up and join us in Paris. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Cool. I haven't seen Alex in, in quite a while, so that'll be That's really been good. about three years, yeah, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Really. 2019? 
Nationals 2019 or was it before uh, that? No, I think he went home before that. But I think it yeah. was like the spring or the winter. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think he went to Chicago. Maybe not. Yeah. But anyways, um, so yeah, that'll be a good trip. So I've got everything locked in. Ismail got his tickets this morning or last night, you, yesterday, you, you guys' time today. Mm-hmm. Um, I got mine earlier in the week, my plane to get back to the U.S. So the weekend before we go, you know, I'll be there and we can, uh, you, you should definitely drive up and we can record some stuff or do some stuff like that for the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. We so we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. Other other interesting news, not really news per se, but uh, in martial arts-ish related. So uh, there was a Japanese movie that got seriously delayed um, because of COVID, but it was a samurai movie called, uh, the, the English name is Baragaki, Unbroken Samurai. And right. it was about Hijigata Toshizo, the, the, the vice chief of the Shinsengumi, which I've mentioned previously, I think. Yeah. So it was the, the end of the Edo period. But it was, what I really liked about this movie is I, I just watched it uh, last week, I think. I found it online. And what I really liked about it was like the samurai, the, the sword fighting was not what you typically see. It hmm. was, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word realistic, but it was much less refined, if you will. Like we're actually, imagine just like a, a, a fist fight you see on YouTube, yeah, but with swords. Hmm. So uh, the choreography was, was very well done. Um, I thought so. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, I saw it on bilibili.com, I think, or whatever um, it was streaming. But the only problem was that it didn't have any English subtitles, and they were using old Japanese. Oh, um, so it was a little hard older, to follow sometimes. Yeah, there was a little bit. I was like, okay, um, I understand where the story's going, so I don't need yeah. <laughs> need your yeah. whole dialogue. I know, I know generally Con- what's going to happen. Context is yeah. everything. Yeah. So. So, but it but it was pretty good. So nice. I have to see if I can find it and, and uh, give it a watch. Yeah, I'll send you the link. I'll send you. The okay. Link. Cool. 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 All right. So, what are we going to talk about today? Or are you going to ask me what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, what are we going to talk about today, Michael? <laughs> no, I think we're talking about um, preservation or progression. Yeah. 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 And this is well, I find this really interesting, and this is something that we've had on our list. Yeah. I think from the beginning. It's actually a uh, kind of a serendipitous timing too, because I just saw somebody post on Facebook this exact question and dealing with the their sensei had a fallout from their organization. Mm-hmm. Now their sensei has passed, and they're trying to rekindle the relationship with their organization. Right, but the organization has since made changes to things, and they're having like an internal struggle of. Do I do it the way my sensei said, or do we make the changes to keep up with our organization or vice versa or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, so the interesting note on that is I know exactly which post and who that person is. They, they, their karate is, is different, but they're, uh, they, they, he does our, our kobudo. Mm, right. So, yeah. So the, but their karate is. is he says different. our, not mine, Michael's kobudo. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. It's our, our kobudo, right? Yeah, so. but it's not mine. It's not ours collectively. 
<laughs> you never know what life is going to bring. <laughs> just a little pro- projecting there. Well, it's not Michael's Kobudo. It's, it's Oshiro. Let's put it this way. Oshiro Sensei's Kobudo. Uh, okay. Is that, is, that better? is that better? Yeah, this is probably better because it's definitely not my Kobudo. <laughs> Yes, but I did think it was fortuitous timing because, you know, like I said, this has been on our topic list from since we started the the, the podcast and it just keeps getting bumped. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing, too, that I had seen recently, well, two other things happened and, and I'll, I'll only mention the first one now because I want to bring this one up later in the in the conversation. But the other one was a while back, you know, the, the YouTube channel, uh, Yusuke's uh, Dojo Waku, right? Yes. Um, he went to Okinawa and he interviewed several um, and did some training with, with several different, you know, sensei of different styles. And one of them, uh, I think a Shorinji Ryu sensei, made a comment about how what your teacher teaches you needs to be passed on exactly as it is. Mm. Uh and that's a sentiment that I had, that I've heard numerous times, right? Uh, that you need to maintain it. In fact, there's a there's a in, in a there's an American uh, Matsubayashi Matsubayashi practitioner who says almost the same thing. He's like, you we have to maintain it exactly the way that it was taught to us. Hmm. Um. So. What are your what are you, what are your thoughts on um, <clears throat> on that part, like the preservation? Before we got into progress, what about the preservation? Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a difficult one for me, as I you know I, I'm not I'm not a student that has been like with the same uh, system of study since I initially started training karate. Like I, I've mm. I've had to move so. You know, moving around from state to state made me have to move from system to system. And as I've learned more through, you know, various training opportunities and travel and things of that nature, I've been forced to change things. Right. Um, so I, I understand the the need for preservation, but at the same time, I feel like that's doing a disservice to martial arts training in general. Um, Mm -hmm. because if you're, you know, if you're just always doing the same thing that you've always done, then you're always going to get what you've always got kind Mm -hmm. of, kind of mentality. And that doesn't do well for longevity of martial arts or even the adaptability of martial arts to modern situations. Um, so You know, every time I go to Okinawa and I'm I'm training in kata, I am trying to do it exactly the way they want me to, and I do my very best to teach it exactly the way they want me to teach it. Uh, but in the on the other side of that, like every time I go back, they always change something, hmm. and you know, my students were getting very very like frustrated with this. They're they're changing, or you know, how come we're not? You know, it's not exactly the way we did it you know, two years ago when you went or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know that it's necessarily changes that they're making or 
am I in a different place to be able to receive like new information from them? So they're giving me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oftentimes I, I wonder if the changes that are perceived are not necessarily changes, or, but rather you're in a new place to receive like, mm. that next level of information. Mm-hmm. But because you're used to doing it one way, you kind of get locked into, well, this is how, you know, sensei showed me before is like, yeah, that was, you know, two years ago, you've had two years of experience. Now you can, let, let's, let's level up, you know? And I, I don't think that. Can, okay. can I interrupt real quick? Just because yes. you, you just said something that, so l- yesterday I was going wow. through my phone yep. and I was deleting some old, you know, pictures or screenshots or whatever that, you know, stuff that I didn't need anymore. And I started looking through some of my videos that I had recorded of my own training uh-huh. starting back from 2017. So sure. f- five years ago now. And yeah. not so much the karate, but I was looking at, I was skimming and scanning through some of my, my Kobodo training mm. and video from 2017 parts of Sakugawa, then skip forward to 2019, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, some parts of like doing Sakugawa. And I found clips of, of me doing the kata different, different stages. Yeah. And it looks almost completely different. Right. And then if I were to do it now, right, if I was going to stack up, it would look very, very different. Yeah. Um, you know, because back in 2017, it'd been, a, it'd been a minute since I had, swung my bow, right? I, you know, that mm-hmm. was when I, I started swinging my bow again and, and, and getting back into Kobodo and doing stuff like that. But that, that, that same reference that you just mentioned, like for example, the, that two years, when I look at the two year difference between 2017 and 2019, or then the slightly different between 2019 to, to 2020, right? not only is my technique different, but my understanding of the technique is different. Right. And to coincide with that, I can still count the number of times that I've trained with Oshiro Sensei on one hand in that time. Right. Right. So I turn it back over to you. I just wanted to, <laughs> your, 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 your time reference there really, really struck me because it was just yesterday. I, I, I had that, that thought. In fact, I was going to message you, but I was like, ah, he's probably already in bed already. Maybe, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, my, you know, even when I go to Okinawa Kancho, Takshi Sensei, whomever I'm training with, their goal is to always get better. Like even in, you know, Takshi Sensei's advanced age, he's still trying to get better at doing karate. Like he's mm. not, he's not somebody who's like, okay, I've been doing it this way now for, you know, 50 plus years. I'm going to keep doing it this way. He's still trying to do better. He's still like, he still does Kigwondo. He's still you know, he's still uh, stretching. He still looks at himself in the mirror. Matter of fact, he probably looks at himself in the mirror more than anybody else in the dojo, but he's still like looking at his technique in the mirror and seeing if he can refine it Mm. better, you know? And with, with that kind of mindset, it's not about like changing or, or, getting stuck in this uh, debate of preservation versus progression, but it's just always about progression, Mm. progression of the system, progression of yourself, the betterment of yourself, the betterment of your understanding, right? Because no matter what, as far as athleticism goes or your physical capabilities go, you're, you're going to hit a peak 
in in your life where there's going to be a point where you can't do it as good as you've done it in the past as far right. as like you know you know just regular things right like just performing your kata like look, let's look at some of the best athletes in the world you know we're looking at ariel torres we're looking at you know rio kuna sandra sanchez they're all so fantastic as athletes they're going to get to a point where they can't perform that way anymore but i don't see them stopping and i don't see them like losing the pursuit of their new perfection right if that makes sense like whatever mm-hmm. they're whatever they're capable of doing moving forward right and i and i think that's i think that should be the standard mindset for everybody is let's keep improving not okay we've hit the ceiling let's keep doing it exactly this way and and hope that we get better because you're just not going to you're yeah. just going to see it you're just going to see a decline in everything that you do and then you're going to look like you're doing old man karate <laughs> true true so that's my uh that's my soapbox what do you what do you got <laughs> well very, obviously going to be very similar but with a, a slightly different uh nuance on it so uh-huh. again just for our listeners who, who have heard it like you know very similar to you i've i've been i've changed systems or styles several times right uh you know starting in you know taekwondo itf taekwondo first um then uh then shodu in the karate club and that was that for the longest time that was or, or for the for that that was my fundamental karate system was shodu yeah um now my training in the karate club in in Japan, I would say, was not refined at all. Yeah, um, we did a lot of kihon, uh, just re- repetitions. We did a lot of kumite, and when I when I'm, and I all designed around uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Um, very little kata, and very little technical correction. I mean, we had senpai who ran most of the classes. But we did not have uh, a sensei or a coach that would come in and be like, no, you see how what you're doing here, uh, you could do this more efficiently if you move your foot or your arm differently and things like that, right? So there was so no, no like technical corrections, just like kind of uh, a quantity of gross training. A quantity of gross training with, uh, oh, yeah, straighten your back leg. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, or, or go further, punch faster, right? Right. Uh, punch harder. Uh, so there, there was not, and we, we did very minimal kata. In fact, the, the idea around kata was here, learn this kata so you can pass your next Q test. Mm. Right. Oh, oh, like we've got, we've got, you know, uh, our, our Kantoku, our director, our coach, I guess, head coach is going to come, uh, in a month. So, um, learn, you know, Heian Yondan. And uh, we're going to do a Q test. Okay, good job. You passed your Q test. Now let's go train some more. Um, in fact, I, I mean, I wore a white belt until I put on a brown belt, right? So uh, the, the idea of that was, was very different. So then, you know, and then I, I went and then I started 
when I went back to the United States and, and started training at a, at a different dojo, same system, same organization, actually. Um, but that's where I really started to learn more kata. Yeah. Um, and, and train more kata and then ended up being on, you know, doing team kata. So, and then switching to Yamane Ryu and, and karate with Oshiro Sensei. So, but even that, what I would say is, and this is again, partly, I believe, where my understanding has changed. I'm not so sure that what we were doing has changed, but my understanding of it has changed from mm. what we were doing when I first went to the dojo. Some things have definitely changed. Um, you know, so, so how some, some of our, our bow positioning has changed, some of how we, how we have our kamai or our preparation for, for our swing. Uh, Kesuuchi has changed a little bit, like how our body is in alignment. Some of our stances have have changed a little bit. But when I look at you know our Shimaha Shodenju, and I compare it to you know it's uh, Matsubayashi Ryu, where it stems from, mm-hmm. it's fundamentally different, right? In in many ways. But what I say is different is not the kata are different. I mean, we do the pinan kata and. Rohai, Wankan, Wanshu, Chinto. Right. The curriculum is the same, but the, how it's executed on the surface looks different. Right. The how of it is, is very different. And I see yeah. that's where the progression is. You know, our footwork, our body mechanics, or our, our emphasis on certain aspects of body mechanics are very different than like the parent Matsubayashi Ryu. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that comes from inven- very similar to what you described. You know, Oshiro Sensei has re- essentially retired from everyday teaching, right? He moved back to Okinawa in 2018, and he's he's still teaching there, but it's on a much much smaller scale. He's not running a dojo there. Um, but you know, he gets up every morning and gets on his ippon geta, his one mm-hmm. one one blade geta, and goes out for a walk and swings a footy bow or his his bow uh, while walking doing Ippongeta in the morning down the street, like in through yeah. the park and stuff like that. In fact, he had to start wearing leather gloves because he fell once and he had his, like, his palms were all scraped up from, from falling on the concrete, mm. he told me. Um, but, you know, that that's the, that's the type of, of mentality for, you know, the head of our organization is still out there and you know still what's his what's his age he's 79 no he's 72 now oh 72 he's still a young man then yeah 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 yeah. 72 i think okay this year ma dai tai right somewhere Mm. somewhere around there somewhere around there yeah yeah 72 or 73 maybe he turns 73 this coming year but still Um, 72 so you know 72 and, and at that age, still out there, like, pursuing development. Right. 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 That's that's my point in bringing up the age. Like, it's the same thing for Takashi-sensei. He's now in his 80s, and he's still pursuing the development, right, for right. for what level they're at, right? And you look at other uh, senseis that I know that are in Okinawa that are, you know, of that same, like, kind of age bracket. You know, they're in their 70s and 80s, and... The, the pursuit of development has either slowed way down or it doesn't exist. Right. 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 
So, well, and, and, and that's, and that's the part that, that kind of is, I find interesting because there's an aspect. And, and if we weren't talking about martial arts, I think this conversation would be a little bit different mm-hmm. because interestingly enough, I walked in the office to set up the computer this morning and my wife had put this book out and I don't know if you can see, mm. uh, the book of Chanoyu, T, the master key to Japanese culture. And it's a bilingual like explanation about the tea ceremony. Um, and, you know, my, my knowledge of, of, of cha is, 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 is very different, uh, or, or not as, not as, not as well done, but you know, I'm pretty sure that in most cases it's still being done. Like you, you would, it would be like a, 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 a prime student would, would probably be almost a mirror image of their sensei. Right. Right. On how they move, how they hold the teacup, how they stir the tea, how they put the, the matcha into the cup and how they pour the water. Because, you know, we're talking about a completely different dynamic. Right. And there's not a whole lot of room for there's not there's not really a whole lot of room for progress in and of itself because there's not really a necessity for progress. Well, there's like a window, right? Because you have the beginner coming into something like that who, you know, is going to fumble through the ceremony, maybe spill their hot water or, or you know, tip over the chawan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have the opposite end of that same, you know, spectrum, the, the master who has been pursuing it for, you know, a couple of decades, maybe right. more. And it, it's much more like refined, but... You know, once you get to that that point of refinement in in something like that, you're right. There's how how much better at it can you get? Right, right, right. But then you look at something like Shodo. Aha, uh-huh, which was where I was going to go next. Right, but in, in my sensei, who is at the highest level of uh, you know like ranking that you can get, she's she did Shodo for the Olympics. She's done Shodo for you know uh, different alcohols out there. I mean, she's like a fairly popular. For like person. branding, right? That's what for you branding, mean. exactly. Yeah, you know she's very well accomplished, but she's still in that pursuit of the development of self and the development of her stroke and the development of her writing to make it better. Right, right, and yeah. and, and see that's where also the other example because very similar. You know, I, I my my formal shodo training is is very minimal, less than a year, back mm-hmm. when I was in Hokkaido, but. And it, and it wasn't so much like I was taking a class. Um, I was, there was a, a Shoto club mm. and some of the, the Japanese students in the club were taking class or researching from our, 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 our sensei who was a, who is now passed, but a well-known artist in mm-hmm. Japan. Um, very, very famous in, in the, the Shoto world. And he would go to China every you know, every year for research, go come to China. Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at his stuff and I've sent you, I think I've sent you some, 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 pictures you have, of yeah. what it is. And it's, it's not like Kaisho where you're sitting there drawing it. I mean, it's like, you're just essentially throwing ink on a paper and yeah. like 
running a brush around and, and, you know, and I can definitely see how that has influenced what I like in mm. Shodo. What, yeah. And it, but it, that wasn't necessarily what he taught us, right? That was his own style that developed his expression, his right. expression of, of, of Shodo. Uh, and like I said, I can definitely see when I look at Shodo and how I like to write and, you know, and I'm not very good. You, you are well, you're already well, well beyond what, what I can write. Um, because I can't write any of the stuff that you can. I just literally throw <laughs> ink on the paper and, and swirl my brush around. And um, well, I have a, I have a very good sensei, so <laughs> yeah. But but that's that that's the same thing. I mean, we're, we're you know once you get to a certain point, I mean you can you can sit there and you can write kaisho all day long, and it look fine, I guess, but. To me, I don't see any. I don't see any growth in that. When, you know, I don't see any, or maybe not growth. That's not the right word. When I see, I, I don't see like your personality. I don't see your, right. your drive, your art coming in into that. Yeah, we we don't really, and, and and that's sort of on purpose for that like style because it's supposed to be exactly like correct if that makes sense like it's a it, it's just kind of the same thing with like the tea ceremony that you talked about you kind of like get to a point where it's like that's just the best that you're going to be able to do it right and you know but when you start moving away from kaisho and you get into like gyosho and sosho you know that's where you get to be a bit more like self-expressive mm. you know and and through that through the studies of all three of those styles and, and now that i'm working on hiragana and then hentaigana and you know uh, stuff like that uh, you know, Akemi Sensei does talk about Kaizen. Mm. I wonder if they have that same kind of conversation when they're talking about tea ceremony. Because we have it when we talk about, like, karate. We have it when we talk about shodo. But do you think, like, other other aspects of, uh, like, Japanese culture, is that, inf is that an influential thing for all things? Pretty much. I mean, I, I think so. I, I think yeah. the the... Again, my my actual knowledge of, of the tea ceremony is very limited, but I would think that it becomes much more introspective at that point. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um. So, anyways, but I do want to go back to so tying this back to karate. One thing that I feel so. I feel when we get into this preservation or progress debate is, is that if you are only trying to maintain or your, your goal or the way you've been taught is to take, this is exactly what I received and this is exactly what I'm going to transmit that you be, it becomes stunted and, and, and it lacks growth. Right. Yeah. So, but let me, and I caveat this with, I don't mean to change changing things just for the sake of changing things. Well, I think this, Right. Right. Um, and I, I also think that, you know, there's, for example, and, and, and again, um, you know, for, for any of our, our listeners who are her Matsubayashi Ryu practitioners, it sounds like I'm going to be picking on you, but it's really just because that's the lineage that, that I come from. And so I can see when I look at what we do comparative to what I see, you know, mainstream, if you will. Matsubayashi do. I see a lot of, you know, what I would consider unnecessary movements, unrefined movements, like preparatory movements, 
mm-hmm. almost. Um, and I wonder, and then I go back and I look at Nagamine Sensei first generation and Nagamine Sensei second generation. Um, and I see that like, we're like, you know, it goes back to that. Your karate looks like the eight, your 86 year old sensei, right? Right. Because right. they're, they are so they're, they're essentially mimicking what they see their sensei doing. Right. And without necessarily regard to, well, is sensei doing that on purpose or does sensei even know that he's doing that or does sensei, you know, have a physical limitation that is causing them to do that. And then that becomes over time, the way the standard, the standard. Yeah. Right. Like even, you know, something simple, like, like a standard get on, but I, or whatever, you know, when I watch a lot of Matsubayashi practitioners, I see the, the shoulders lift up, then there's like mm-hmm. the arms come up and then there's like a pause, almost like a preparatory movement. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then it blocks. And then there's this and block this yeah. and block rather than trying to minimize that time and still having, you know, a chamber if, if you want to have a chamber, but h- how do I make that smaller? How do I make that faster? How do I make that more efficient? Um, and, and I think part of that comes from, at least from, from our way of looking at it is, well, if this is going to be, if, if, and, and I, and I've kind of adopted, you know, sensei's way of looking at it. If this is bujutsu, if, if our frame of mind is thinking about bujutsu, right, then it's like, how can I move the smallest, the fastest, with the least amount of time, with the least amount of effort. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where, where, where we go. The other point that I think about frequently, and, and again, it comes back with something Sensei said, but he didn't really, he kind of like showed something once, and, and this is something, and I don't know how Takashi Sensei does it, or, you know, at, at the home there, but Oshiro Sensei will often throw these things out there, even in a group setting, Almost like you're like throwing, like f- food to the fish. Yeah. Like sprinkling, sprinkling the little flakes on in in the fish tank, and then seeing which fish comes up and and grabs it and what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because not everybody will go. I mean, food is a little bit different. They'll go up and grab it, but like he'll throw these little nuggets out there. And one thing he said is, you know, don't be afraid when you're doing your own training to hit the floor. No, uh, actually, it's, it's, that has never, 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 ever, ever come up. In, in, yeah. No. yeah. Anyways, he says, yeah, what does he say? He says, he says, like, when you're doing your own training, don't be afraid to express yourself in the kata more or mm. don't be afraid, almost, almost don't be afraid to change the kata. Yeah. And, and I'll give you an example that I play with. You know, when, um, and again, for, our, for our, our listeners here, it's going to be a little bit hard to demonstrate, but if you're familiar with some of our Yamani Yukata, right, we'll come up and we'll block, and then we'll turn the bow over to, to like, push the bow down and then come up, swing it around, and then prepare for our Kesa Uchi, right? Yes, yeah. Well, that's in, we'll, we'll do the block in Shikodachi, then we'll pull our body back for the down, up, strike, and then we'll step back out into ultimately what becomes shikodachi for our kesuchi, but essentially in place, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I'm pushing the bow up and pulling it down and prepping for my kesuchi, what happens if I take a step forward on each of those positions? So now I've taken two steps forward as I'm swinging right. the bow. Because, like, it's a flaw to think that 
everything is stationary. Exactly, that everything is stationary. My opponent's not going to just stand there, right? right? What if he starts, he or she, they start to retreat? Well, then I move forward with them to maintain yeah. contact and to prep for my my strike. Or maybe I try to move backwards even, right? right? right. For the for those two, because yeah. then if I turn around to do the opposite, the next move in the kata and go the other direction. You know, if I start to the left and then I go to the right. Well, if I move two steps forward there, now I'm still back on the same line that I started on. Mm. Right. So, but when you look at it, that's a change of the kata. Now, I wouldn't teach that. But, you know, I think, for example, when Sensei throws these things out there, he's looking at, okay, who is... Who is paying attention enough and who understands what I'm trying to say enough to be able to implement that on their own and know how to make those type of changes right. in their own training? Hmm. You know, because the fact is, is that I've heard, uh, you know, the comment that we get is, you know, and, and I've heard this from, from some of my, uh, my, my fellow students who are in Okinawa is, you know, even other Okinawan instructors, like, you know, those RBKD people, they're always changing things. Hmm. And it's like, well, are we actually changing things? Or are we changing the how of what we're doing? Right. The end result is ultimately the same, but like the uh, maybe the path to get there is a little bit different. Yeah. 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 So I get that. I, yeah. If, you know, one time, similar but different, um, I was. In Okinawa, I want to say this was 2018, I want to say. And earlier that year, well, I'm sorry, the previous year, I had hosted the um, Shobukan Gashuku hmm. for all of the uh, the U.S. dojos here in Virginia. Um, they all came here. We had this huge thing. And one of the senior senseis was teaching something, teaching kata. Uh in Saifa. As a matter of fact, I remember it was Saifa. And so when I was in Okinawa, you know, I was doing Saifa and Kancho asked me like, what, why are you doing it this way? And I had said, well, I was at the Gashuku and Sensei so-and-so, you know, showed me this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. So that Sensei is, you know, he's a ninth Dan, you know, he has license to kind of change things and make the Gojiryu like his. Right. But for now, you should still do it like this way and when you get to you know ninth done you know <laughs> i think i think he said nana done you can start kind of like playing with like your own interpretations okay of things if, if that makes sense uh-huh yeah so well there, there was that Go ahead. so okay and this this goes up this ties up to something else that i want to this might be slightly off topic uh-huh. But uh because it, it kind of tied into that rank, like we're differentiating things at rank. Right. Right. Which rank, and we've talked about rank before, mm -hmm. is rank and knowledge aren't necessarily equal. Agreed. Right. Yeah. So but recently I saw something and it was just some random post when somebody posted part of a kata a video of their, they're doing kata. And then somebody else commented. And in this particular organization, um, 
they said, oh yeah, I started doing that, you know, just, you know, my, my, my instructor started showing me that last year or something like, or this year. And the original poster was, made a comment, well, aren't you only Sandan? This is a, this kata is a Godan kata. What does that mean? Well, I, I assume that in that organization, they only teach that kata, right? Once you get, once you get Godan, once you <laughs> okay. reach Godan. So, but that's exactly exactly the the point that I had was that, that you just made. Well, and and the kata was not anything necessarily what I would call advanced, right? Um, but you know that that becomes an artificial construct of when we teach kata. Like we're only going to teach kata at a certain point. Like you have to be a certain grade. Now, I do think that there are certain kata that, you know, you should not teach to beginners and like, you know, nine-year-old yellow belts or orange belts or green belts or 12-year-old mm -hmm. green belts shouldn't be doing supadimpe just for competition or learning on right. or something like that. But, um, you know, it kind of ties into, you know, how we break down our karate is if we're, if we're holding things only, you know, like you can't learn this kata or learn this technique till you get to a certain rank, then you're 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 creating an artificial limit, right, on what people are able to explore and learn in progress. So, anyways, I don't know. That was that was kind of a, a an interesting little side note. I that I don't, you know, I mean, generally speaking, for most parts of the curriculum, I don't think that. I mean, we have to, you know, the, the curriculum and, and the way they're designed are all artificial constructs. But anyways, that was, I think that was starting to go into different layers. But I wanted to, to, to tie this back around to progress versus progression. And something that you said ties in with the other part that I wanted to talk about okay. was, and, and, and this was, I, I, I got this from Kung Fu Conver Conversations, the guys okay. over, over there. I'm not yeah. sure if you've listened to any other episodes. Sometimes they have they have some really good stuff. Hmm. One of their their topics a couple weeks ago was what do you do when your instructor changes things? So from right. not from the instructor changing things, but from the student who's on the receiving event. Right. What do you do when your instructor changes things? Um, my thoughts on that are, and one thing that they brought up is so if it's if it's due to a physical injury or a limitation of the instructor, like they're no longer, you know, they get that age that they're no longer able to do something the way that they were able to do it 10 or 15 years before mm -hmm. versus, and, and, and these are, I see these as two different things. If, if that's the situation versus the situation where we've kind of like discussed like, you know, Takshi sensei or Oshiro sensei who are in their advanced age, but are still trying to progress and learn and develop and see how much better I can, I can actually do it. Right. So in, in the first part if if, if they change the way that they are doing something physically because of a physical limitation or response, then that's a conversation that I think should happen. Like sensei, I see you're doing this right now. Why are you doing that? Oh, you can't. Oh, you have a hip issue or a knee issue. Okay, so I should keep doing like you said before, right? Yes, right. you should keep doing like I said before. Right. But the short answer on the other side, if, if they came back and say like, no, I'm doing it this way now because when I, 
you know, if I hold my bow this way and I pull this muscle and I hold my elbow in the right position, I can swing my bow faster. I can get it more efficiently in the, and it's a, it's a, it's a smaller, smaller cut or a smaller strike. Then it, then you as the student should automatically be like, okay, well, I understand 15 years ago, you showed me how to do it this way. And now I'm going to try and do it the way that you said it's, it should be a very simple response. Right. At least from my perspective. No, I, I totally agree with that. And like, you know, over the past couple of years, I've been dealing with a, um, a knee injury that we've talked about multiple mm. times on here now. And that has caused some limitations in my ability to do certain things in kata. Right. And that question has been brought up, like how, you're doing it a little bit differently. And I'll say, well, I'm just trying not to put pressure on my knee, but you still need to, you know, do this or, or, or whatever, uh, in your neck dashi, for example, that's like the most difficult thing for me to do right foot back neck dashi, but you should still be in a proper neck dashi, even if I'm, you know, a little bit higher in it in mine or, or, or whatever. The explanation is, is simple. And if there is a huge change to something or whatever, I will absolutely quantify it with like why and how mm. not, not just like blindly follow me, do this or whatever. But I also would encourage any student to ask the question, like, why is it different? Right. Versus just blindly following. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. Well, and so, you know, because what, what I see there, I mean, because ha- I've experienced the same thing. Like my knees hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like in Sakugawa, uh, you know, the part where you drop down into the low squat, right? Yeah. Or, the, or the block. That's hard. Or in Chatan, we have almost the same movement in Chatan Yira. Two places, I think. Um, and I just don't do that, right? I, I don't drop down to where I'm like all the way squatting. Like I will just kind of bend my knee and do that right so for me like in that same uh same movement you know we have kind of a jump back mm-hmm. yeah right? i can do the jump it's the going down part after the jump see but it's the opposite for me like i can get low in it but mm. the jump is what the like the impact from the jump and, and stuff like that is what really kind of messes up everything right. so instead of jumping i just kind of like step back and get down into it which you know is fine well right and even in like, for example, Tomari Chinto, right? Chinto, mm-hmm. where we're, we're, we jump forward, like, and you have Seisan, right? Yes. Yeah, Seisan, where you guys jump to the front, right? No, we don't jump at all in Seisan. Or maybe, no, no, not Seisan. Sanseiru, to the front, there's the two double kicks? Uh, we don't jump in Sanseiru. Oh, you don't jump. Okay, well, some people jump, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Supa is the only one we jump. Supa okay. Rebe. Well, some goju, they, they jump on those two double kicks okay. I, I've seen, right? Yeah. Um, right? Yeah, not Seisan. Sanseidu. Sanseidu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, like, okay, well, if my, if, if it's, like, what is the purpose of the jump, the, mm-hmm. the Toby Getty? And do, do I get any technical benefit? or tactical benefit of jumping versus just doing my giddy, my giddy, right? Like step, right. step, kick. Right. Right. 
like at 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 my age, right, closer to fifty than to forty, do I need to jump? Like, does my karate is my karate diminished because I don't jump? Mm. But then people would be, the, the, but then that opens up the argument. Well, you change the kata. You're not doing the kata as it was taught by you know from you know the the, the grandmaster on the mountain who 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 hand carried the scrolls down just like Moses and handed them. You know, right? Yeah. But then, then I guess the argument of like, can you still apply the bunkai in that right? And and, and where people are going to get like tricky with it is oh that's not how the bunkai is done the reason why you have to jump is because there's this ninja and he's got the kusarifundo and he's trying to swing it at your legs and you got to jump over the chain and you know all this crazy stuff and you're just like no that's right. not it <laughs> right exactly exactly yeah. but there's yeah. always going to be that one person that argues that like wacky bunkai and right. the reason why you have to jump right Exactly. I mean, because because that's why we do Naihanshi, because it's on a log, right? You're on a cliff, right. on a log over a cliff, and you're gonna like, oh, the, the, or fall we in the stream. Like a suspended rope bridge. Between yes, that's you, what it was. Yeah, you know. Yes, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Defending the temple. So yeah. okay, so let's tie it back into your internet post here, and I think we're we're we're, we're wrapping this up. Uh, so we have an organization who, yes. over time and circumstance, has drifted away from a, a dojo that's drifted away from their organization, but now through other circumstances, wants to rekindle ties. When they do that, they see that, oh, over time, the Hombu Dojo, the organization has changed. What do you do? Yeah, well, uh, my thoughts on this are, if you want to be a part of that organization, then you need to adapt. If, you, if it's not that important for you, and, and the you know, prescribed method in which your sensei said you have to do it is more important to you than hold on to that. But, you know, I, I think one is a, a sinking ship and one is like a lifesaver. Right. That's kind of my thoughts on that. What, what do you think? Uh, very similar. I would even take it a step further in that exactly what you said. However, there's what you teach in the organization. Mm-hmm in the dojo, and then there's what you do on your own. Mm. And sometimes those might coincide and they might be different. I'll give you another example, right? So the, the, the pinan nidan, you know, you do the block punch to the right or to the left, sorry. The and, left, then you, yep. and then you turn left, or you, I'm sorry, to the left. And then you go to the right where, you know, most it's, you know, the, the get on barai, you come back into Nekwashtachi for the Otoshi Uchi or the strike, and then you mm -hmm. step forward for the punch, right? Right. Well, I once saw a sensei where he kind of like short stepped that, and he kind of like blended that all together. And I'm like, okay, why does he do that? He did more like a going from the get on barai into like a zuriyashi into the Otoshi Uchi. And yep. Then, and yeah. step, and then not even really stepping, like not stepping through, but so it's right. like you're almost in place right in place right exactly right. yeah yeah and so i started playing with that well now that's how i do it because i was like oh that makes that feels much more fluid and it makes more sense because yeah. the opponent is right here and all of this stuff when i started playing with it and it makes more sense but i can't teach that way and i wouldn't teach that way because if i'm trying to teach pinan nidan to 
you know, an orange belt, they're barely still trying to figure out where to put their hands and their feet. Right. Let alone, so it's like organizationally, this is the way the kata is. Zenkushitachi geranbarai, pull back into nekwashitachi, complete the hand movement, then plant your foot, your right foot, and step forward into your block. Yeah. But it goes back to that part. Are we going to repeat the same thing the same year, 50 years, or are we going to try and progress for 50 years? Of, of, See, of, and I'll, I'll give you kind of another example. I literally just had this conversation with my own students about you know, their own progressions um, as we've had a few new students who have come in and some of my adult students looking at the new students and being like, wow, I, I, uh, I remember being that student. Like, mm. I was like, yeah, it wasn't even that long ago that you were that student. Like, you're, it's not like you've been training for a very long time. But, you know, if we take things as like a, on a micro scale and a macro scale, if you are still doing your technique when you're preparing for your shodan the same way as when you were doing it as a white belt, yellow belt, or green belt, you have not advanced and you haven't really learned your karate, right? So yes, you may teach pinanidan exactly that way to a white belt, yellow belt, but by the time that they're advancing into more advanced ranks, shodan, nidan, sandan, or whatever, they ought to be able to adapt to the new teaching. And it's not a change, but again, they're in a position in which they're able to receive new content to develop their karate. And that, like, that's like a microscopic view of it but if we were to take that out and blow it up over the entire lifespan of your karate you should see that kind of progress not just in your physical ability but your mental acuity and how you think about karate in general yes that was perfect let's finish right there because <laughs> <laughs> right. because jonathan said it uh, that's exactly i mean I, I i don't know that i could i could say it any more than just repeating what what he said so yeah Anyways, for uh, you got any other last thoughts then before we close out? Because I really like where you where you ended with that. No, I, I you know that that's that's really how I feel about it. Um, you know, I, I I understand like the cultural preservation, the notion of it. It's like a really romantic idea, but mm. if you are you know just treading water and staying in place, you're not really doing a service to that cultural preservation. Um, so you know, with that being said, you know, get out there, train learn new things, you know, uh, think outside the box a little bit, take perspectives from different sensei, apply what, you know, works for you. And if things don't work for you through your own experimentation, that doesn't mean you have to hang on to it. So yeah, get out there. Yeah, I agree. Especially because we're talking about a martial art, right? And so yeah. when, when we get in this world of if, if, if you're doing martial arts, just to have this cultural activity and, and, and to maybe learn about something else, then that's one conversation, you know, right. and, and, and you can kind of just do it, do what you were told. Right. And, right. but, but when you start to get into, well, the martial aspects and, you know, bunkai and application and why we do this, why do we move this way? Then I think you have to be willing to open your mind and be, you know, you know mm. why did sensei, why is sensei saying this way? And, um, you know, in, how can I move? Can I move faster while still maintaining? Can I move more efficiently? Can I move more dynamically while still maintaining, you know, the spirit of what we're trying to do? So, right. hundred percent. Yep. So, all right. Well, you heard it from Jonathan and, um, you know, action items for you guys, uh, share the podcast, uh, like, give us a review, 
and um, keep training hard. We'll see you next time. See you next time.